Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the one plan that no one makes, why this is a massive problem for you and probably will lead to you not hitting next year. And we will obviously cover what it is and how to create it. Enjoy. Minute and a half. Recording. Yeah, okay, everything good, is good. running. I got this. I got this. Monday good. habits. Good. Good. Did we, by the way, did we f- fix the flickering? Yeah, yeah a bit. A, a bit. bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a bit. Hey, by the way, did we hit target? Yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and no, the fall guy. It's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. What are we talking about today, Michael? So Tell today me. we're going to talk about, you know, four plans. Four? Uh, I thought there are only three plans. Yeah, exactly. There's at least three plans being made, and there's a fourth that no one is making for some reason. It makes me really sad, actually. Yeah. And it should make you sad as well, if you're listening, because it is critical. Yes. It is absolutely critical. So the let's go through the plans. The first one that any business will have... First is, plan is a oh, budget. Oh, cut the line. Oh, okay. Yeah, budget. They're every, gonna have a budget. Every, everyone is going to have a budget. Everyone is going to have a budget. Mm. So why is everyone having a budget? Well, it's a, it's a, a governance piece. Mm. So you are, uh, you're running a company, you have a board, uh, what do you need to have? Well, you need to put forward a budget so the board can approve mm. that, um, that you're the CEO, let's just say you're the CEO, yeah, can go you. forward and use, <laughs> use, that, use that budget to you know, spend money yeah. uh, and achieve business goals and, and yeah. stuff like that. So everyone needs to have a budget and, and there's one role that's hired to create that budget, it's called the CFO and then mm. he or she oversees also you know, changes there and if you're going above and beyond, uh, below and so forth. Yeah. So that's that's a plan that definitely everyone has. Yeah. What is another plan everyone has? The roadmap. What yeah. are we going to build? What What's product going to do for the next 12 months that's going to have an impact on the business, on our customers, future customers? Yes. Super critical. It is needed for marketing to align what is going to happen. Are there any campaigns we can go and create? It also informs potentially headcount and, you know, a bunch of other things that's going to happen throughout the year. And any business in B2B SaaS, they're going to have some kind of a roadmap to to guide that team. Mm-hmm. And that's that's usually the other plan. Yep. And then the third plan, kind of a straightforward, easy one, is you can kind of either the hiring plan or the mm. people plan, I would say this is even this is even a plan that is not always fully done. But the the reason why you will have that or something similar to it is because you have the budget, and the budget is based on people to yeah. a large degree. And in many cases, it's also based on adding more people to the team, which then basically is your hiring plan. Yeah. Right? And I think this is where most businesses are gonna say, "This is more than enough." Now we we know the money, we know the people, and we know the products. Yes. So let's just go. But there is a fourth plan. So and the fourth plan is is the revenue plan. Yeah. And I think what I mean obviously you know from our perspective that's straightforward you should, you should have a revenue plan. But what is counterintuitive in many cases number one very few have it mm-hmm. and therefore there's a little bit of well we got here without it. Yeah, why And it worked this? in those other 20 companies I worked at. Uh, so why do we need this now, right? There's a little bit of this this approach to that problem. And they're going to say in the budget, it, there's a line called revenue and we have targets. Isn't that isn't that more than enough? Do we like do we need a revenue plan? Yes, and that is a great question, right? And 
and the the line in the in the budget usually is uh, let's just say very very thin, very straightforward, and then there's some derivatives of this. But if you really think about it and you turn it around, it's a little bit like having a roadmap for your product where you basically are saying, hey, at the end of the year, we want to have a fantastic product. Uh, and you know, here the getting a little bit better fantastic product steps we need to take each month mm. without the thinking that usually goes into it is like, well, what, what does it actually mean? What does it mean to have a fantastic product? And do we have the engineers and the front enders and the technology and all of that stuff to actually create that, right? And what happens in the roadmap is very much a bottom-up planning process mm. with, uh, sure, a couple of things are still open in the end, but you try and figure out what are the resources that we have that might get us to that end result. And that's simply not what you have for revenue in your budget. You mm. just don't have that. You have the revenue line item. Usually this is coming up because you want to get to somewhere and then this is a nice you know, increasing line graph that yeah. goes from A to B. And, um, and, and finance kind of stops there actually. And the, and the reason why they stop there is <clears throat> because the, let's just say the uh, first principle thinking around it is extremely difficult to pull off, right? And finance actually does that does that approach a lot and really well on the on the uh, finance and the cost side, yeah. right? And the, it starts with the very simple principle of there's money coming into the business, and yes, we don't know a thousand percent how it's being created, but let's just say money comes into the business, and now there's money being spent across sales, marketing, R and D, uh, general and admin, and then you know there's money left in the bank account afterwards, right? And the 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 modeling and the logicking that goes on in that part is pretty sophisticated, honestly, and in many cases. Sometimes I would even say too sophisticated for this, this, the spot that a company is at that point. Mm. But it's obviously not only uh, the salary that someone is, uh, you know, due to be paid, but it's also taxes and tax implications. It's also lunch, <laughs> you know, making fun of this. But yeah, it's it's commission plans and so forth. It's all kinds of other costs that might come up. Oh, we have a funding round that also costs a lot of money to close a funding round, by the way. And, uh, you know, these 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 things, how they then connect together, that then gives you your, your cost plan. Mm. Yeah? And if that level of detail of thinking of how these things are actually being built up, again, bottom up, what is actually happening in the real world that's going to impact this, yeah. if that were to be skipped over in a way where a CFO just says, well... All of that detail, it's not necessary uh, because we know we're going to spend a million the first month, 1.2 million next month, 1.3 million the month after, and so forth. If he or she would present that, you know, quote unquote budget, hey, we're going to make so much money, we're going to spend so much money, and we're going to have so much money left in the bank account. If this was three line items, that person would get fired on the spot. Mm. It's like, well, that's obviously not enough. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, we need to know all the details behind it. And the funny thing is, while this is totally the approach for cost, for revenue, it's not that. For <laughs> revenue, it's like, oh yeah, no, that's that's great. We're going to do this thing that we don't have a effing clue how to achieve it. We're spending a bunch of money on it. We don't know how that money converts into revenue uh, but we'll call it a day and say, no, we don't need a revenue plan. It's fine. We have, we have things under control. 
So what problem is this creating if you don't have a revenue plan? Let's just say you run with the three plans. Mm-hmm. What's what's really the problem here? Yeah. So the, the symptoms are, and you know, this is stuff that comes up all the time. It might be uh, reps not hitting quota. Mm. That's a typical one. Everyone is complaining about this, and yeah. there are a couple of reasons why that is the problem. There might be things, and there's a there's a backwards one that, but but might be things like, oh, my MQLs aren't converting. In brackets, as I planned, mm-hmm. by the way, and that doesn't mean that marketing is creating good or bad MQLs. It just means that they used flawed inputs, kind of a blended conversion rate, and then things happen. And obviously, those MQLs aren't converting as they thought they would. It could be that hiring is being too late, and that feels kind of like a stupid mistake, but... Especially if you have a hiring plan. Especially if you have a hiring plan. Um, but uh, the, the VP of sales will at some point just say, hey, um, Q3, Q4, that's really difficult because we only have those folks in their seats, I don't know, we, we, we only hired them in August, yeah. which is according to the budget, by the way, and the hiring plan. So all of this was maybe on time. But then the VP of sales will reflect back and be like, well, they're actually not ramped up yet. Actually not, you know, producing mm. yet. Um, the opportunities that they're producing, they're in pipeline, but they're not closing yet. Yeah. And uh, this will be then when that potentially that planning mistake will be realized. But, it, you know, by that time will obviously be too late. And then at the end of the day, you might have something, you know, someone might say the 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 our CAC payback is too high. Mm. And, you know, whatever that means, and it could be according to a benchmark or according to your own calculation, but what it really means is that it's higher than whatever you had planned for. And the reason that is, is that you didn't think about the revenue plan and it's not being created, the time delay that you have in there, you know, the different, uh, you know, blended pipeline sources kind of coming into this, creating all kinds of complexities, which then leads to an outcome, you know, revenue created, that is below your expectations, especially according to the cost base, mm. which then triggers you to say, well, this is too high. But in reality, it's perfectly correct. <laughs> it's that it it should have been like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not wrong. It should have been like that. You can still have an opinion whether it should be higher or lower, but how it came to be is perfectly correct. Yeah. So effectively what you're saying is by not making this plan, you're creating problems for yourself. Problems that could have been avoided, for example, blended opportunities. Mm-hmm. You won't see that in a spreadsheet. Yep. And and uh, maybe you just describe for the listener because you've dropped blended CVR, blended mm-hmm. opportunities. What is it exactly that's happening? What is blended opportunities? What what do we mean here? Yeah. So let's just say you have two. Let's just stick it super simple. Mm-hmm. Two different channels, inbound outbound. Those are your two channels. And um, the inbound side obviously has a different behavior. Converts higher, converts faster, maybe converts for a lower uh, average contract value. And um, and that that is one amount. And then you have an outbound side that basically has the inverse. I mean, what's going to happen in, in a very simple converse, uh, calculation, you basically kind of blend those two channels. You're mm-hmm. not aware that you're blending them, by the way. So yeah. it's sometimes counterintuitive to call it. But you blend all of this together and then you look at the average of how they're converting and so forth and you get a number. What's going to happen next year is that you're probably going to increase one or the other channel more than last year, which basically means that all of your blended conversion rates will start drifting in one or the other direction, which then means that your plan is off. And usually your plan is off 
not in the good direction, it's usually in the bad direction, <laughs> right? And another, um, another blended conversion rate you might find on the MQL level. Yeah. And let's just say you have two main buckets of MQLs. I have some opinions on that, but whatever. Let's just say you have two main buckets of MQLs. One bucket is high intent, um, high intent leads. So a demo request, a trial request, yeah. uh, maybe you know a quote request or something like that. So true hand raisers, hey, I want to buy this product, maybe. Yeah. And then you might have another MQL bucket that is more the white paper download, the uh, webinar, uh, uh, you know, attendance and, yeah. and stuff like that. And you basically say, well, our MQL conversion rate is X, blended conversion rate. And then next year, let's just say you did, you know, with a thousand MQLs, you had that conversion rate last year. And now for next year, the CFO says, well, you need uh, 2,000. And... We will take that conversion rate that I really scientifically, you know, mm -hmm. uh, calculated from last year, and we will take it forward because otherwise you're not really doing your job if you're not hitting those efficiency metrics, yeah. right, Mikkel? It's a fact. It's a fact. And and in reality, what's going to happen is uh, the uh, the VP of marketing will obviously be held accountable largely towards the MQL number. Uh, what that person will do is scale up, which you know, obviously but it will usually tilt towards the lower converting side of MQLs, mm. which then means the overall blended conversion rate of all of those new MQLs we've been creating next year will you know, tilt towards the lower side, yeah. which then basically ends up in this, these MQLs aren't converting that well, right? It's again, it's, they are actually not converting better or worse. That's actually, you know, factually speaking, not true. Uh, they're converting like they should, uh, you just didn't plan for it in the right way. Yes. And therefore, you come to the conclusion of, oh, they're converting worse, which is completely wrong. So you've seen quite a few rev revenue plans. What, you know, the ones you've seen, what do they contain? What do they look like? I think it's important for us to paint a picture of how that plan is different compared to the others. So people can actually start reflecting over building a plan themselves. Yeah. I think... I think what you need to do first is you need to internalize the logic of your revenue engine. I think step number one sounds very, you know, fluffy, very fluff and very, very high level. But basically to ask yourself, how is a customer created? Mm. How does that actually happen? How do we get to the point of having a customer? And then you will think like, well, you know, we need to sign them, you send the contract and so forth. And Continue on that path. <laughs> Continue on that path. And you will realize that you need to create an opportunity first. Yeah. Uh, and an opportunity, in uh, in my definition, and in many other people's definition, is a start of a sales process. Mm. However, you define that starting point, but it's a sales process. And you will need a few sales processes to be started in order to get to one customer. And for your businesses, it might be you need to have 10 opportunities created and one one, it mm. might be five, whatever. Uh, but that will be the first realization, right? Yeah. And that's pretty straightforward. And then the question is, okay, cool. Now that I know that it's really about this opportunity piece here, how do I create those opportunities, right? How is that being done? And that's very quickly where you find out, oh, wait a minute, there's those outbound reps, they create opportunities and it really scales with the amount of outbound reps and their productivity that, you know, those opportunities go out for outbound. Mm -hmm. And then for inbound, it's 
it's a different track, it's leads and, and so forth, right? So basically that's the first step you need to realize. This is how your funnel works out. And that's, you know, once you go, I sometimes say it's easier to solve a labyrinth from going uh, a maze, from going uh, from the from the inside out mm. than to go from outside in. I'm not sure if this is the same for everyone. I'm just saying it's the same for everyone. And this is the same concept here, right? Instead of going from the, trying to find your maze from the outside in, start with a customer, so the inside of the yeah. maze and work yourself out. And then you, you will learn a bunch of really cool things in the way. So you have now that logic, cool. Uh, other people might call it the inverse funnel, by yeah. the way. Uh, there's, there, you know, this is not a new concept. So logic uh, achieved. And then the next thing is then kind of really going into the planning motion. Yeah, Planning motion now is, okay, uh, we are here in revenue today. We want to go over there in revenue, you know, end of next year. Yeah. First, what you need to figure out is where will you go uh, without anything changing? If you were to keep going as you are with the amount of salespeople that you have, with the amount of ads that you, you know, buy and so forth, with your upsell and churn, where would you land at the end of the year? And you might land either lower than you are today. Usually that's driven by too high churn mm. or you might end higher than you are this year and this is usually driven by net retention rate being above 100%. And now that you have that number where you might end up by the end of uh, next year, you will have now a delta, a gap between that number and where you want to go. Mm. And now you need to figure out how you're going to fill this gap up, yeah. right? And that gap is being filled up by you increasing your revenue engine. That's how we really need to think about it. So increasing the revenue engine then leads to an increased output of that revenue engine. Mm. And increasing that revenue engine usually then means you need to hire a bunch of more outbound reps if this is your channel, or you need to uh, launch a couple of more marketing campaigns, or you need to launch a new market and so forth, yeah. right? And then the, the, the thing is right now you're going through all the inputs that you're dialing up. And we've talked about this on, on, the, on the show previously, the 10% rule to, yeah. to double revenue. You shouldn't only look at, uh, you know, adding more inputs all the time. You should be looking at figuring out how to also improve some of these things in between, right? So really, you're looking at two or three different buckets mm. of projects. And I don't know, we're, we're calling it like that. I think we're probably potentially the first ones thinking about it like this. Um, again, scale projects, so adding more inputs to something you know already works improve projects so taking some of those channels that work and try and make them a little bit better mm. and then evolve projects really those are new channels new markets new segments yeah. new products that basically start out on the on the on the bad side of the s curve yeah will be very inefficient in the beginning but you need to invest in those because you want to get to the good side of the s curve yeah uh, because the other channels where you are on the nice side of the S-curve, they will go to the bad side of the S-curve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to stack them on top of each other, right? And um, and and basically what you want to do is you want to uh, find a really nice mix that you believe in yeah. uh, between the inputs that you add that have a bottom-up effect, not mm. the, oh, I need so many AEs for that number. It's like, no, where, where are those opportunities coming from? Yeah. Uh, and sure, I need AEs to work through that. Uh, but also mix in potential conversion rate optimization uh, across. Uh, maybe you are working on improving your ACV. Maybe you are launching a new product. Maybe you're doing uh, something on the retention side to drive up uh, you know, gross retention rate and so forth. You actually want to look at all of these things together 
to figure out where, you know, if I put all of that stuff in here, where are we going to end up? Yeah. yeah? Is, is that enough to close the gap to the top-down number? And once you have done that with all the hires, all the actions, initiatives, projects, whatever, then you might actually have a revenue plan. Yeah. I think, I think what's pretty cool here is we've talked a bit in one of the previous episodes about bringing things from zero to one. So the whole new initiatives, what I like about the concept, and people can call it whatever they want, by the way, but having certain labels for the initiatives to make it clear what is the intention or the purpose to some degree behind it. Are you optimizing something? Great. Then that's, that's the focus versus if you're trying to find a new channel that you can scale in the future, the goal is not to, in a spreadsheet, add in the amount of leads straight off the cuff. It's going to have a really terrible payback. It's going to be inefficient. It's going to take you longer than you mm. think. But it helps level set the conversation a bit. And it also, especially if you're working in in marketing, which is going to be a very different department in, in that sense, you won't get pigeonholed into leads for that initiative. And it's going to really change, you know, take this podcast we're doing. If we were talking about, hey, we need leads out of it, then we would probably all of a sudden change the whole scope of the show request a demo yeah yeah, yeah, yeah request exactly. a demo right Email now me now and yeah. uh, we'll hook you up with a de- no yeah. exactly right so i think those those labels are incredibly no but helpful. seriously guys request yeah. a demo. <laughs> sorry so actually so kind of thinking further on that track um and this is again a little bit my my finance background my, no. my finance background <laughs> and you know i have to admit yeah but also some of the sins finance is is um is committing so one one friend of mine, finance finance leader in a cool uh, cool scale up, and and he was like, um, because we were discussing top down bottom up, yeah, uh, it's all all good conversation. But he was making a joke and was like, "Well, Tony, I can hit any revenue number," and he basically said that to his CEO. It's like, "Hey, I can hit any revenue number. Just give me the ACV number." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can just pump up your average contract value, you can pump up your conversion rates and you can get to whatever revenue number you want at the end of the year. Um, and I think the, you know, while this is obviously exaggerating this a little bit, what finance does a lot, and it's 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 obviously a little bit of an issue, putting in some of those expectations. Yeah. Let's call them assumptions. Yeah. And the logic goes, well, we should be getting better yeah. every all all the time right which is true it's yeah. it's a truism it's like yeah well we're definitely not getting worse yeah so yeah we're getting better <laughs> and then very innocently uh so to speak then there's um a conversion rate increase baked in mm. and obviously then they're they're not unfair they're not going from five to ten in august mm. but they're going from five to five point two in january and and so forth mm. and so forth and so forth and obviously Conversion rate increases, ACV increases, fantastic for finance. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Why? Well, it's efficiency increases, really. You basically have the same cost base, you get more money out. So that's awesome. It checks so many boxes. Mm. The problem is uh, that I've seen in many of of those spreadsheets is those improvements are built in and hidden away. And, and don't realize and until then people, the train kind of hits you. No, people uh, on the on the side of executing that stuff, they don't actually realize that that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, there, there would actually need to be a concerted effort in order to lift the ACV in order to lift the conversion rate. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, they find out then, oh, you know, the conversion rate should have gone up. And there's, by the way, when this happens, what I've never seen is a graph that clearly says, this is your past conversion rate, flat. Yeah. This year, we're going to take the conversion up like that. Yeah. And we're half in the year in and you're only down here. I've never seen that, you know, that level of transparency from a CFO to their team mm -hmm. because it kind of it kind of then triggers the conversation. Well, no one asked me about this conversion increase. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. Why are you doing this? Right. And if you if you have that level of detail kind of hidden away and I don't want to say anyone is uh, evil in this in this sense, but if you have it hidden away and sales isn't hitting target, it's so easy then to say, well, the reason why we didn't hit target is because of those lazy sales reps. Yeah. That's the reason. Uh, they're not converting high enough. Yeah. Marketing I'm, is also I'm, producing terrible leads. They're not converting high yeah. enough. In my head, as a CFO, I'm omitting that I, you know, had them to improve yeah. their conversion rate, by the way. Um, and therefore, CAC payback isn't isn't good enough. I, I, Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I think the, you know, I don't want to be a dick, but, I think the VP of sales needs to go. Yeah. You know, Mikkel needs to leave. Yeah, the you know? guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's then how that sometimes that yeah. sometimes comes to be. Uh, and again, you know, you will avoid something like that by having a very clean, uh, well thought through, uh, data driven revenue plan. Yeah, I also really like the fact that it brings, again, it brings transparency. So if you have one of these different kinds of projects. And you know, hey, we expect this improvement project to land at this time, Q3, whatever. And you can see, well, that's not going to happen because something happened. We acquired a competitor and now all the energy is channeled into that work or whatever it is. It brings a lot of transparency into that conversation. You can say, okay, if, if we're going to be unable to lift that conversion rate, what are the ramifications for that quarter and the rest of the year on revenue? Mm. What changes do we then need to go and make? potentially to to fix that because the team supposed to delivering they're stuck you know integrating whatever new business we acquired and i think that's to your point a, a really important part that you can have those conversations in the open and make some you know decisions with your eyes open and you know i'm i'm aware we're probably running out of time pretty soon but the one one fundamental thing underlying here is that sometimes people fail to understand that we have reached a level now in sales and marketing um, and CS that basically mirrors the industrialization period. Mm. All right. We, we, we moved away from the eighties and nineties. Not that I was around necessarily <laughs> to know how sales worked, but we moved away from this uh, a sales rep takes the yellow pages, calls through them or goes door to door knocks and stuff. And some reps are better than others. And the mm. reason for that is because, some reps are better than others. And that made total sense. And it was true. Um, and we're now uh, in this period of basically a production building mm. of revenue. I sometimes also call it, you know, opportunity production, revenue production. Yeah. It's a pipeline production. It's a, it's a, it's a you know, it's a, um, how do you call it? It's a, it's a assembly line. It's an assembly line. Yeah. And they're different jobs, different people have different responsibilities and things mm. need to go hand in hand. Yeah. And they are obviously still good reps and bad reps. They're obviously still, you know, good performing employees and bad performing employees. But all of these things actually hang together. And when you kind of have this industrial approach to it, then 
you know, take, you know, tweaking some things here and there, that's the right way to go about it versus, hey, uh, we should just be getting a little bit better all the time and those are easy, they learn, right? Um, and, and therefore then the conversion rate will go up, which is still this, sales is more of an art than a science thinking. Yeah. That is, I think, underlaying some of those, some of those conversions, uh, you know, thinking of, uh, these things just magically will go up mm -hmm. and we can't explain how it will happen. Yeah. But the things you can by now explain how it's going to happen. And and if you can explain and you can model it in, you can build it in and you can have a good conversation about it. And that is something that you can have a great discussion in the executive team with a CFO present, with a VP of sales present, you know, before she gets fired. <laughs> um and uh, and be like, hey, you know, what's underlying this whole plan is we need to lift the conver conversion rate. Yeah, how are we gonna get this done? Let's have that conversation mm. instead of having lingering in the background and 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 so forth, right? And I think that's um, that's also missing. You know, that's missing in uh, in in a budget, so to speak, and that's why you need a revenue plan. Yep. So let's kind of s sum it up here. You start off by saying you need to really understand your engine. Yep. How that works, meaning all the inputs, all the outputs. The get, whole, the logic. get the logic. Get the logic. Down. And then uh, from there, what was the next one? Uh, baseline. Baseline, yep. And then the delta. Then you. So once you have the baseline, you will understand the delta, mm -hmm. so the gap. Yeah. And once you have the gap, you know how you need to increase your revenue engine. This mm -hmm. is where the logic comes in. You need to increase your revenue engine to then end up uh, closing the gap over time. Yeah. yeah. And if you have this approach about it, I think then then your chances of hitting that target will 10x. And when something goes wrong, you will know exactly why it went wrong, mm. actually, right? So that's really helpful. And that's then also, by the way, we didn't even discuss that, but now that you have this revenue plan, you might be able to have a conversation with your CFO and be like, hey, with the budget you're giving me and the headcount, I will only get us to this revenue item yeah. uh, by the end of the year. If you want me to hit the number that you put forward, well, I need more budget. And now you have this back and forth of, well, if you only get me so much revenue, then we're kind of running out of cash a little bit too much. So actually, I can't give you that much budget that you're asking. And, and you, now you have this back and forth, which is extremely healthy. That's how yeah. it should be. And it's even more than that. It's <clears throat> So this this point we've covered before, but another piece is, Hey, you baked in a lift in conversion rate, yeah. but we don't have a single project in here to support it. What do you think we should do? Like, what do you propose we do in order to fix that? And do that we hire this, you to figure this yeah. out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hired a fall guy for yeah. that. We hired a fall guy totally for that. But I think that's the that's the power of building this model. It's gonna be super helpful for pretty much any business, and for some reason, very few they do it. Yeah, very few. No, and no. we're trying to change it. Request a demo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Send us Oops. an email. Did I, did send I us an email. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wonderful. We, we can just send a door to sign over. Yes. It's an easy process with us. Always. Wonderful, Mikkel. Thank you so much, Tony. Yep. Thank you so much, dear listener. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And as always, if you enjoyed it, six stars, seven stars, 20, eight, 20, 20, stars. Stars. 20 stars. We need some more vanity metrics yes. to report. Yes. Uh, it goes straight into our vanity metric plan. Yes. Because you need one of those as well. No one makes it. Oh, wait, no one. We didn't talk about this. The vanity metrics plan. Fantastic. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. Bye-bye.